I can tell you from having played in that league for seven years that everybody in the league had one goal, and that was to make sure we beat Matthew Barry. Fire up your tailgate because the NFL is back, people. Get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Now listen up because you don't want to miss out on this offer. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million as the top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WINGO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code WINGO this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into another preview edition of The Chop Shop. Glad you're here with us. Trey Wingo here. Delighted to be joined on this episode brought to us by DraftKings, which is all about fantasy football. And if you're talking fantasy football, there is only one person you really want to talk to if you want to get the straight skinny about what to do and what not to do. In a previous life, he was known as the talented Mr. Roto. Now he's just Grand Poobah, Master of Time, Space, and Dimension huh. when it comes to fantasy football. None other than my longtime good friend, Matthew Berry. What's up, buddy? Trey, it's good to see you. Good to talk to you uh, on air. I, uh, You know, we just finished the Fantasy Football Marathon yep. here at ESPN, and I remember you and I did that last year. Yep, a- absolutely. And that was actually the last thing I did for ESPN before going on my merry way and having all these wonderful new adventures. And I got to tell you, I came into that studio that day a little cranky and a little hungry. And who but my good friend Matthew Berry shows up with a bag full of Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And he he actually brought two because he knew he was going to be hungry, and he gave me one. So I was very appreciative of that. Sharing is caring, and it made for a better show. It you, did. You ate. You were good. We had a long taping day. Yeah. So uh, you and I forever bonded by Chick-fil-A. And why wouldn't we be? So uh, we got a lot to get into here because we're going to help people get themselves set for doing the right thing and perhaps most importantly, Matthew, avoiding doing the wrong thing when it comes to drafting your fantasy team. So let's just go with this premise right off the top. If you had three golden rules that you want to put in place to make sure you win on draft night and give yourself the best possible team... What would be Matthew Berry's three golden fantasy draft rules? Okay, so number one is understanding positional depth. And and understanding positional depth as it relates to your league. If you were playing in an ESPN standard 10-team league, for example, you only need one quarterback. Quarterback is pretty deep. You can wait. I get it. You love Patrick Mahomes. You love Josh Allen. But you can wait a little bit to to get a quarterback because the position is deep. You only need to start 10 in that one league. 
But if you're in a 14-team super flex league where you start two quarterbacks, and in essence, in every given week, 28 quarterbacks are going to be starting in the league, the quarterback should be, you know, your front, your uh, uh, your first-round picks. So understanding positional depth, I will tell you just in general that wide receiver is the deepest position, followed by uh, quarterback. Running back is fairly scarce. Ideally, you get a very good one. At least in the first uh, round, you get kind of an anchor running back. Tight end, I want to either be one of the first people in my league or one of the last people in my league to draft a tight end. I think there's a tier after the first couple of guys. Then there's not a huge difference between, call it, 5 through 10. And then there's you know some sleeper guys that can become this year's Darren Waller, Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas. So that's, that's number one. Number two is understanding, as we talk about quarterbacks, understanding how important rushing quarterbacks are. Yeah. Trey, eight of the top ten quarterbacks from last year in fantasy points had at least 200 yards rushing. The two quarterbacks that didn't, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yeah. So listen, if you can get a drop-back passer that'll throw 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, okay, great, you're good. And Aaron Rodgers, by the way, had a lot of rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, but generally speaking, what you want is um, you want a mobile quarterback. You want a quarterback that makes sort of sense when you think about it. A quarterback that can get you points both with his arm and his leg, uh, legs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes got over 200 yards yeah. and was unhealthy. You know, he's he's more mobile. But then you also think about Kyler Murray and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Russell Wilson ran for over 500 yards last year. Dak Prescott, before he got injured, mobile and a guy that's usually got about five, six rushing touchdowns a year. So very important to get a rushing quarterback like guys like Trey Lance and, and Justin Fields. We'll talk about them later. And then finally, high upside bench picks. Speaking of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. The thing of it is, Trey, is that I think what happens is people start to think of fantasy as a season-long game, and it's actually not a season-long game. It is a weekly game played over the course of a season. Your goal is in any given week to beat one opponent. And it's not enough to get players that score a lot of points. The most important thing is knowing when to start those players. And so I call this the never-James-White rule. Now, (laughs) James White, Trey, James, James White is a fine player. Right. There's nothing wrong with James White. He's a very good NFL player. However. However. (laughs) Over the last two years, over the last two years, James White is like running back 23 in fantasy points per game. He's fine. Solid. But in that time, he has one game, just one game of more than 16 fantasy points. Like, there's just very little upside to James White. Whereas... Players like Jamal Williams has multiple games with more than 16 fantasy points because Jamal Williams, you knew when to start him and when not to. When Aaron Jones is out, you start Jamal Williams. He's a top eight fantasy running back. He crushed the couple of weeks last year when Aaron Jones was out. Think about somebody like Naheem Hines, who's also kind of James White. Naheem Hines had 21 fantasy points week one last year. Week two, he had 1.4. There's no rhyme or reason to when Naheem Hines had good games. He had four good games last year, and they were like, I think, weeks 1, 7, 8, and 12, something like that. I don't have that off the top of my head, but like just completely random. So I think it's important that when you're in your later rounds to draft high upside guys, but more importantly, high upside guys that you can see a clear path for as to, to knowing when they would be starting for you, whether it's a wide receiver that you think could pop or a running back that has a clear path to playing time, even if that path is hey, Tony Pollard is one hamstring away from being a top five fantasy running back. 
as the backup to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, listen, of all the things that you just said there, one of the things that has always stuck with me is the most important thing, don't get married to the team you draft on draft night because things change. Like, if you want to be a good fantasy football owner and a, and a fantasy football champion, you have to take a Bill Belichick approach, which is some guy's going to play this week, some guy's going to be featured next week. And, and that's the one thing that has always been really has always really resonated with me because you draft this team, you think, this is my team. The answer is no. Your team is going to change no. dramatically throughout the season, and you need to be able to process that. Uh, that's exactly right, Trey. When you're on draft day, you're building a foundation. Yeah. You're not building the whole house. Right. You're building a foundation. Ideally, your first five picks or so, those are guys, those are your Nick Chubbs, your Derrick Henrys, your Devontae Adams, your Travis Kelseys of the world. Those are the guys that are going to start week in, week out, no matter what. But after those first five, it's going to be a little mix and match. And so uh, giving yourself flexibility and giving yourself guys that could win you a week in a specific week is important rather than guys like James White who are fine, but James White's never winning you a game. And if you ever find yourself in a week where you need 10 points out of a running back, 8 to 10 points in PPR out of a running back, which is basically what James White is every week, you can find similar production on the waiver wire. There's no reason to draft a James White, even though at the end of the year he'll be a top 25 running back. You just don't know when when that is. And one last piece about that foundational thing. I often see people make this mistake in drafts. They'll sit there and they're like, oh, man, like I'm running out. There's no quarterbacks. Like I, I, Let me just reach for a quarterback. Or there's this big running back run. And I, I know this. I can't believe whatever. DK Metcalf fell to me in the third, but I can't do it because I, I desperately need a running back. So let me take Miles Gaskin. And I actually like Miles Gaskin this year, but like you're insane to pass up DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf Correct. for Miles Gaskin. Um, understand that, again, when you the the team you leave draft day with is not the team that you have to play all year long. Build up some pos- position. If you're finding yourself locked out of a position, instead of just grabbing the last running back just to have a guy, build up depth at wide receiver, and then you know what? Then you can trade. Right. Give yourself something to wheel and deal. I'm always a believer in. Again, you do, you don't need to win the league at the draft. Yeah. You just need to give yourself a, a solid base yeah. from which to work with. Flexibility clearly matters. And again, to be clear, we do have nothing against James White or Miles Gaskin. We were just using them as examples. As examples, this is all about fantasy production. Not they're both good running backs. Everyone knows who the top players are, right? The key is, and in, in what do you talk about? Finding flexibility and building that foundation and, and adding a nice bathroom or an extended master master bedroom to that foundation is players that aren't on the top level, but you think might break out. So give me three or four names that you think that aren't really on the the tip of the tongue for fantasy football players who might really help them win their league this year. Well, so listen, these are all tip of the tongue. All these are known known quantities, but I'm defining breakout, and we can go deeper if you want. Sure. But I define breakout as guys that can take the next level. That can, you know, RB2s that can become top five guys at the position, right? Guys that, um, uh, you know, people that can people that can become top five at the position or potentially, if they're being drafted in the 30s, top 10. So I'll start with one. Jalen Hurts. Interesting. Jalen Hurts is currently going as quarterback 12 on ESPN, and he's going outside the top 10 most places. I think a lot of people point to the fact that he completed under 52% of his passes last year. There's questions about him as a as a thrower, and so they're just like, ah, I don't, I don't believe it. Okay, here's the thing. Last year, Jalen Hurts gets thrown into the final four games of the season. 
Doug Peterson and his coaching staff are fighting with the front office. It's obviously a toxic situation in Philadelphia. All the pass catchers for him are basically hurt. He completes under 52% of his passes. And yet, Trey, over the four games that Jalen Hurts played last year, he averaged 23 fantasy points per game. He had at least 10 points from his rushing alone. And he was the ninth best quarterback in fantasy over those final four games. We did a comparison. We did this on the Fantasy Show, and we also did this on the uh, the Fantasy Marathon as well. This is in my, my love-hate column as well on ESPN.com. But if you look at the four games that Jalen Hurts started as a rookie, and then you look at the final four games that Lamar Jackson started his rookie year, because he started more than four, but you look at the final four, so you give him a couple of, week, couple of weeks to get into the system. Jalen Hurts is basically better in every category. Lamar Jackson had a better completion percentage, but it was like, I want to say 56 or 58. It wasn't significantly better. Minuscule difference. Um, and he didn't throw that much. Yeah. Here's the other thing on Jalen Hurts. 25% of his passes last year were at least 15 yards downfield. So that hurt with the completion percentage as well. He was taking shots. deep shots, taking shots. like in fantasy. Yeah. yeah. So in 2019, after his rookie year, Lamar Jackson became the MVP of the NFL, won a lot of people their fantasy leagues this year. I'm not saying J- Jalen Hurts is this year's is a 2019 Lamar Jackson, but I think... Going into his second year, knowing he's the guy, having a coaching staff that was hired with the idea of, like, you need to make Jalen Hurts work, um, my expectation is that he has a monster year. I'm as a top eight fantasy quarterback, and I think he has the potential to be a top five guy, but he's not being drafted like that. They added some pass catchers as well. So Jalen Hurts is one of my guys. Uh, That's very interesting. Okay, give me a couple of other names here. You're going to call me a homer, but how about Antonio Gibson? No, I'm not calling you a homer at all. I I see that. most people would, but Antonio Gibson last year, in the seven games where he got 15 more touches, averaged almost 20 point fantasy points per game, 19.8. He averaged more fantasy points and yards per target than J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick caught a ton of balls last year, and I think people forget how little, you know, Trey, you do the draft every year, so you know this better than anyone, but I don't know how many people other than you know the fact that Antonio Gibson didn't play much running back in college at Memphis. Nope. Mostly used as a wide receiver. Last year they said we're gonna. We, they had him in the wide receiver room, and they're like, "Let's try you out at running back." He was very effective. He converted at the goal line quite a bit, double-digit touchdowns. And you think about Ron Rivera and Scott Turner coming from Carolina, where they used Chris McCaffrey and his versatility yeah. so successfully. That's what they want to do with Antonio Gibson. He's going to be more involved in the passing game. He's still going to get all the run. And Washington, I love what they did in the offseason, adding to that offensive line. Getting Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a big upgrade over the quarterbacks they had last year. Adding Curtis Samuel, drafting Diami Brown. Like, that's going to be a good offense uh, that'll be in scoring position more often, especially because their defense is so good. They'll get the ball in good field position. I think Antonio Gibson has top five running back upside. He's being drafted outside the top ten, although the the buzz on him is starting to increase. Well, that also makes sense in terms of team construct because the Washington football team knows, first and foremost, their defense is their strength, and the best way they can play to their strengths is use more of a ground control, sort of clock control management game, which would be featuring the running game in Antonio Gibson. I'll give you two more breakouts. Um... Number one is uh, Daryl Henderson. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. I, yeah, look. With, with the injury I to think, Cam, sure, yeah. By the way, not only the injury to Cam Akers, but Malcolm Brown had 124 touches, and he's now in Miami this year. Right. Like, the the, the guys behind Daryl Henderson on the depth chart in Los Angeles, as of this taping, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, two young players that they like, 
but not a real threat to Daryl Henderson's playing time. When Daryl Henderson gets run, he's productive. 14.3 fantasy points per game in the six games that he had 12 or more touches last season. Last year, the Rams were second in red zone rush percentage. In the Sean McVay era, they have the eighth most rushing attempts and the third most red zone rush attempts since Sean McVay has become the coach of the Rams. When they get close, they like to run. Yeah. That's another team whose offense I expect to take a step up this year. I think Stafford is a big upgrade over Jared Goff. No question. Daryl Henderson's going to be the guy. Again, we, whether it was Cam Akers last year, Todd Gurley for all of his years, the lead running back in a McVay offense usually is very productive. I am amazed that Henderson's going as low as he is. All right, give me one more name. I think, uh, Brandon, I'll give you two names real quickly. You tell me who you want to talk a little bit, little bit about. But Brandon Ayuk and T. Higgins are two guys that had a lot of success as rookies yeah. last year. I think they take a big step forward now. They're being drafted between 20 and wide receiver 20 and 30. They're certainly known quantity to fantasy managers. But I think both those guys become uh, have the potential to become wide receiver ones, top 10 wide receivers this year. All right, g- give me a, uh, T. Higgins I find interesting for a couple of reasons. So give me your thinking on why you think T. Higgins is going to take that step this year. Had 14 full games last year where he played the entire game. He got six or more targets in 13 of them. 14 different catches of 20 or more yards, seven end zone targets in the nine full games he played with Joe Burrow. I just love the talent. I think it's weird to me because fantasy success, fantasy value, it's not just about drafting the players, but where you draft them, right? And here's the order they're being drafted on ESPN.com. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And it's weird. I get it with Jamar Chase. Well, that, I that's understand. Wh- that's why I asked about Higgins, right? Because Tyler Boyd was very productive, and they made the big splash to get Jamar Chase. I liked it when they picked T. Higgins in the second round in 2020, but because of the other players you just mentioned, that's why I was curious about T. Higgins. Yeah, and so I like the value of him. I prefer T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd at cost than Jamar Chase, who's going the earliest of the three wide receivers. He's still a rookie. Yeah. And could he have a Justin Jefferson-like year? Of course he could. But they have a lot of guys there. Remember, remember, Jamar Chase did not play college football last year. Right. So he's two years removed from football. I think it might be a little bit of a slower start for Chase than we're expecting. And and Joe Burrow, at the time of his injury last year, led the NFL in pass attempts. Yep. Like that was a team that threw, threw, threw the ball. I think they're going to again. I think it's going to be once again one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It's still they're still are rebuilding there in Cincinnati. So Burrow who's got as good a wide receiver core as there is in the NFL, I believe there'll be enough volume to go around to the three of those guys. I think all will be fantasy productive wide receivers this year. So then you start to look at what does it cost to acquire them. Give me T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, again, at cost, who are going... uh, Higgins is going two rounds after uh, Chase in some leagues that I've seen, and Boyd's going four rounds after. We mentioned uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are on the same team. Uh, you're a big believer in the handcuff policy, which is basically if you if you have a big star, make sure you, you're available to get his replacement. So with that in mind, give me teams that you think specifically you should draft a ton of players from. Like, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have more than three really good wide receivers. Their, their wide receiver depth is ridiculous over this next couple yeah. of years. So give me a couple of teams that you think are going to be run on in fantasy in terms of you know this player's being taken for that team, this player's being taken from that team. Yeah, you always like to target teams with good offenses. And you mentioned the Buccaneers. The Chiefs are obvious, sure. right? There's some, there's some of the obvious ones. You know, uh, among the more obvious offenses that I think take a big step this year, I'll say the Cowboys, obviously. We expect a healthy Dak. We expect the Cowboys to be a big offense. 
the Seahawks. I I know we hear this every year, Trey. I think this is the year they let Russ cook. I'm a believer in Shane Waldron coming over from the Rams staff to Seattle. I feel like they open that that offense up a little bit. And then I'll also say the Rams, obviously, sure. with Matthew Stafford under center. Uh, we mentioned the Bengals. I'll give you a couple other sort of under-the-radar teams. You heard me just mention Washington. I do think Washington's offense is going to be sneaky good. I like the Chargers this year under Joe Lombardi coming over from New Orleans. And two more. The Panthers. I like, I'm like. i in on Sam Darnold. Yeah. And I, I like year two of Joe Brady. You think about they get Chris McCaffrey back healthy. Uh, they drafted Terrence Marshall, who's uh, Terrence Marshall, who's having a great camp. They've obviously already got uh, Robbie Robbie Anderson yep. and DJ Moore. Yep. I don't know how good their offense is going to be. I think Sam Darnold away from Adam Gase. I still believe in Sam Darnold, so I think that's going to be a sneaky good offense. The the Panthers, and uh, and the Jaguars. Well. There's not enough time to talk about that last selection, so we got hold on a minute there. But I look ba- bad deep. Look, they have a real quarterback, right? They have a real I think quarterback. So. They sur- I think so. Right? We think we we think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Yeah. Think about their playmakers now, right? You've got Marvin Jones, who by the way is a top twenty fantasy wide receiver under Daryl Bevel in Detroit. Yep. Marvin Jones is a pro's pro. Lavisca Chenault, yep. all sorts Love of explosiveness. A lot of a lot of people are on Lavisca, you and I included. DJ Shark, tough year last for a year, but we saw the explosiveness two years ago. Correct. Travis Etienne, right? You so you draft him, who's obviously an explosive player and a versatile player that they can use in the backfield. James Robinson was really good last year. Carlos Hyde showed that he had um, some gas still left in the tank. Reunited with Urban Meyer now in Jacksonville, Carlos Hyde. So you suddenly go like, yeah, you know, like that's actually some kind of good guys, and then you think. Well, is their defense going to be any good? No, they're going to be having to throw. This is going to be an up-tempo offense that's going to be, you know, top 10 team in pass attempts. So I just, I think that's a sneaky offense to find some fantasy value that, in. That's actually a very interesting one, and I'm, I'm actually glad we had that discussion. But uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll talk about the players that you need to uh, sort of hear to the Monty Python and the Holy Grail of philosophy when it comes to drafting them. Run away! We'll be right back. Stay with us. <laughs> As you know, football is right around the corner, and you need to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is doing this. They're giving you, new customers, $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Now listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. Sports books are not available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Look, nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million bucks. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WINGO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code WINGO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
All right, back with Matthew Berry on this uh, Chop Shop preview fantasy football edition of the 2021 season. So we just spent a large portion, Matthew, of the first half of the show talking about teams you like, how to draft, players you should target. There's the other side of this. Like, there's, there's always the things you should do and maybe more importantly, things you should not do or the players you should stay away from. So give me three names, let's say, of players that a lot of people think, oh, I should draft this person, and you would be like, eh, hold on a minute. Well, I'll start with Josh Jacobs in uh, for the Raiders, who, you know, for the first two years he's been in the NFL, has been a fantasy superstar. Yep. But here's a concern on Jacobs. He's not really involved in the passing game. So what Jacobs needs for his fantasy value is volume, insane volume, which up till now he's gotten. But get this, for his career, 28 games, Josh Jacobs has never scored double-digit fantasy points in a game where he's had fewer than 15 touches. He's got 16 career games like a full NFL season, at least prior to this year. In, a, in 16 career games, he's had less than 20 touches. And 20 touches is a lot. Yeah. In the 16 career games where he's gotten fewer than 20 touches, he averages 10.5 fantasy points per game. Just to give you some context, 10.5 is less than what Rex Burkhead averaged last year running back 34. Yeah. Rex Burkhead averaged 10.8. Josh Jacobs, in games in which he gets less than 20 touches, averages 10.5 fantasy points per game for his career. You think about, like, I, I was on uh, Shefty's podcast the other day, and one of the things we talked about is, like, follow the money. Well, what did the Raiders do this year? They signed Kenyon Drake to a big deal. Yep. Kenyon Drake is not coming to, to the Raiders to just, you know, carry the clipboard for Josh Jacobs. He's going to be involved in this offense. I still think Josh Jacobs is the, is the 1A, and Drake is more of a third down back, you know, 66% to 33%, but, like, Josh Jacobs is not going to get the insane volume that he has before. I have him as a flex play. He's going inside the top 20 on ESPN. I have him much more as a mid-tier flex play. And honestly, I think there's guys with more upside because he's not involved in the passing game. So that's one guy that I probably won't have a lot of shares of this year. That one is really fascinating, and it speaks to a larger issue outside of fantasy football with the Raiders. If you have Josh Jacobs and you had a defense that was horrendous last year, why would you go out and give big money to Kenyon Drake, which is a whole other discussion we can have <laughs> on the philosophy that John Gruden and Mike Mayock, the GM, have done. Okay, so just out of curiosity, like going into the season or at the moment of this taping, how many leagues are you in right now? How many, how many, am I, how many have I already drafted or how many that I'm currently in, that I'm, gonna, I'm planning on playing How in? many are you planning on being in for the season? Probably around 16. <laughs> I mean, okay, like I'll do four, and I think right. I'm crazy. So you just quadrupled yeah. what I'm doing. Is it well, is it manic? I, I is just, it is it because you don't you don't don't enjoy sleep? What is it? It's a lot of things. Well, so it's 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 so you know leagues that I'm in. There's sort of four buckets, and in fact, there's it's actually more than sixteen, which I'll explain in a second. So leagues that I've been in with friends forever. Like, you know, yeah. I'm in the league with all my college buddies. Like, yeah. you know, that league I'll be in till the day I die, right? Yeah. So um, I've been in that league for over 20 years. So those leagues with friends of mine that I liked a lot. Then there's work obligation leagues, yeah. right? That, like, just because of because of my job yeah. that I need to um, – I mean, there's some work leagues that I enjoy. I, I, love, I love the people I work with. But there are some leagues where it's just like, we need you to do this, you know? Sometimes you do a deal with a sponsor or something like that. Like, hey, and we yeah. want you to be in a league with – you know, yeah. all of our franchisees right. or whatever yeah, it is, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there are leagues that you do for work, whether it's ESPN or other outside businesses that I have. Um, and then there are, quote-unquote, expert leagues, 
that you get a, other people in the fantasy industry invite you to be in their league. And so you want to do that to, to support the industry, to support friends of yours that are, on, that are on websites that don't have the kind of traffic that ESPN does. So there's that. And then the fourth kind of league that I'm in, and this isn't even included in the 16, but I've been very blessed, thanks to the popularity of both fantasy football and ESPN, that you know I get hit up for fantasy advice by celebrities and musicians and CEOs and VIPs. And so uh, when I'm a fan of those people, uh, I'm very happy to help them out. And so there's a handful of celebrities that I, that I help draft you know that I, I help draft their team. They'll text me for advice, and I'll give Humble them advice. And so brag. I sort of need to pay it. right. The right I mean, total. Like, <laughs> did you catch those names? I'm I'm about to drop. So I have to. I feel like I have to keep track of their leagues, yeah. so that when this person texts me, I have to be like, oh, I can give you advice, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, knowing knowing their league, knowing their league rules and settings, so I sort of keep track of all that. So four buckets of leagues. Yeah, and the big one always when uh, at work has to be the the ESPN War Room League. For those that don't know, the War Room is it was the room where we all sat together on Sundays and watched all the games and that's what the name of that league comes from. And I can tell you from having played in that league for 7 years that everybody in the league had one goal and that was to make sure we beat Matthew Barry. Like we didn't yes. care. We really didn't care who else won. We just wanted to make sure Matthew didn't win because, you know, He's the fantasy expert. It's it's like being the Super Bowl champ. Like, you have a target on your back. So I have to say kudos to you, Matthew, because you know every year all we wanted to do and what they still want to do is just gang up on you and beat you up. And it's insane to me when you think about who else is in this league, Trey. Like, yeah. you have Shefty and Mort are in this league who have the phone number of every general manager, every coach, yeah. every player. Um, you know, you have, you have guys in the league like... Lewis Riddick, um, uh, you know, uh, that know everyone, um, that, you know, also know everyone. You have, like, so, um, Teddy Bruschi, like, I mean, right? You know what I mean? Like, so it's people that have insane connections. I'll never forget, like, one of my first years in the league, I was uh, trying to make a, uh, a trade for a wide receiver. And I won't, I won't say uh, who, I, who I did this with, but I remember talking with, with one of the people in the league. And I said, hey, I want to trade a, you know, uh, trade for this wide receiver. I'll give you this running back. And so like, yeah, yeah, I think that sounds good. I need a wide receiver. Uh, I'll, let's just talk in the afternoon and we can confirm it. I just want to think about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll likely do it. I said, great. So we checked back in the afternoon and he, he goes, nah, I'm, I'm not doing the deal. I'm like, what's wrong? I mean, they're pretty fair. I, you know, I thought you, you needed a wide receiver. I need a running back. The players are pretty similar. This seems like a fair deal. He goes, yeah. I texted his quarterback. He doesn't like him. <laughs> like, like, what league in America can yeah. the other people in the league like text the quarterback and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about trading for this guy on your team. What do you think?" Yeah. And the quarterback's like, "Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. He ain't getting the ball that much." That's what we call good inside information. Right. So it's like, like I don't understand why everyone in the league is so like, "Oh, we got to beat Barry." Because you're like, Matthew Barry. That's the whole I point. Know, but like, it's like you know what I mean. Like, listen. When Shefty and I both call Kyle Shanahan, guess who Kyle's calling back? It ain't me. Correct. That's that's, I'm that's just an saying, accurate statement. Like, which, by, yeah, which, by so, the way, this leads me to one of my all-time favorite stories. And you probably okay. remember this. Like, I didn't care if I beat anybody else. I just wanted to make sure I beat you, right? And yes. there was one game where I was in the War Room League, and one of my wide receivers that week was Eddie Royal. Now this isn't Den huh. this is yeah you know this isn't even Denver Broncos like first couple of years good Eddie Royal this is right. completely washed San Diego Charger wide receiver Eddie Royal 
And in that game, Eddie Royal had three touchdown catches all under five yards. For whatever whatever reason, they got close to the goal line and they threw it to Eddie Royal. And somehow me just picking Eddie Royal literally out of my ass uh, off the wave wire that week. That was the difference in me beating you. And the look on your face, you were apoplectic. Like, how am I losing to a three-touchdown reception game from Eddie Royal? Eddie Royal. Because, again, the the, the War Room League is 16 teams. So, like, the waiver wire is bare. Like, you are – every week you are sifting through the Eddie Royals of the world. And so, right, so, right, you pick up Eddie Royal hoping for a couple of points and maybe you get a cheapo touchdown. Um, But, like, because, you know, there's a – there's like six or seven wide receivers like that that yeah. were getting like, you know, a handful of targets a game. Maybe they get you 10 points. Maybe you luck out they get in the end zone. But three of the most gimme, junk, <laughs> you got to be kidding me, touchdowns from Eddie effing Royal. And, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was torturous. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, that was just like I was um, – uh, thank you for bringing that up. I'm so glad. That I had forgotten that memory. I had repressed it, and now it's now I'm going to be annoyed all day. It's, it's one of my favorite <laughs> moments because I was like, there's no way this should be happening. And I almost felt bad, but I was like, this was a gift. This was a total yeah. bleeping gift. Okay, let's wrap, well, fantasy. Let's, let's wrap this up with this. If you were going to compile a list, because you do this love-hate every, every season to start, and you update it every week. Here's why I love this week. Here's why I hate this week. If you could draft your all-time top five loves and all-time top five hates, who would they be? Or do you want to just oh, go three? Gosh. You want to go three? Let's go three. Let's yeah, go, let, let, let's go I, three. I'm just trying to think of like hates. I mean, you know, uh, I will just I'll say in love. I'll just I'll stick with love. I'll okay. be positive. Okay. Uh, so, um, in terms of all-time top three, I mean, like, I guess I got to say Brady, right? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, like, Brady has the most fantasy points of any. Uh, any quarterback in history, any player, any more fantasy points of any player in history. I mean, I will say, uh, Peyton Manning's, uh, you know, 55 touchdown season. That was ridiculous. That was pretty amazing. Ridiculous. So he would be on that. Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. I still think Ladanian Tomlinson is the greatest fantasy player of all time. You know, when Ladanian Tomlinson was there under Norv, for, there was a few years there with the Chargers where just, if you got Ladanian Tomlinson, you won your league. Yeah. He was just so money in the bank. Clinton Portis had to be way up there when he was at his peak, right? Yeah. Oh, Port. I mean, like we could we could talk through yeah. like all sorts of greats. But you asked me for three, so I'm giving you one at every position. Um, and then uh, got to go with Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Randy Moss, especially his season in New England, like that was a magical season. Well, well, to your point yeah. about just making something out of nothing, like his rookie year, Randy Moss only had three catches against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. But they were for 163 yards and three touchdowns. Like he didn't need he didn't need volume. He was volume. You know, like yeah. the mailbox. I'm open. You know, as soon as he does that. Yeah. So, well, well, listen. And, and yeah, go ahead. Dante Culpepper was a uh, was a uh, Dante Culpepper was a great fantasy pick. I got one hate for you. Okay. I got one one all time fantasy football hate. Eddie Royal. Eddie Royal. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Screw Eddie Royal. Oh, God bless. I I wonder what Eddie's doing now. And Eddie, let me just say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for a magical Sunday, 2015 or 14, whatever it was. Hey, well, listen, man, it's great to catch up with you. Continued success. You're absolutely killing it. And you are the absolute authority when it comes to fantasy football. Well, I appreciate that, Trey. Uh, Listen, and if you enjoy this podcast, listen to our fantasy podcast, The Fantasy Focus 
uh, wherever you get your podcast. So a company would want me to put in a plug. So there you go. You got it. Chick-fil-A for everybody, my friend. Talk soon. Once again, thanks to my good friend, Matthew Berry, for joining us. And thank you, Matthew, for also continuing to enjoy the joking on the Eddie Royal game. Again, no one saw that coming. It was a gift from the gods. Uh, And speaking of a gift from the gods, the season is underway. But we're going to be joined next week by Mark and mine's very good friend, who was a longtime member of the Raiders front office and earned one of the greatest nicknames of all time, the Princess of Darkness. And now she does great work for CBS Sports. Amy Trask will be with us on the next Chop Shop episode as we try and predict who's going to win all the awards for the upcoming NFL season, which, of course, is officially underway now that the Cowboys and Bucks game is behind us. We'll see you then. 